Welcome back to Run the Damn Ball. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson. I'm joined again by Sam Alessandro. So we're coming off a bye week for Nebraska. We got Illinois coming up this weekend. So we're going to talk about that as, uh, you know, this is a Nebraska-based podcast, Run the Damn Ball. And then also we're going to talk college football because there's been so many good games really over the last two weeks. Um, Wanted to get a podcast out last week. Had some difficulties with my computer like dying at like 30%. So anyway, we're back at uh, Anderson Hall and we're not relying on my laptop to record. So we're going to be fine this episode. But uh, Sam, happy to have you on. And how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good today. You know, uh, it's Monday morning, 930. So about as good as I think you can uh, be. But, uh, you know, another week of college football done. It's been a pretty good year, though, so far, I would say. In terms of college football, I know we've talked about this at length um, off air. So excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my favorite thing that I've seen so far is the teams that we just didn't think that much of going into the year. Like Illinois, they're doing well this year. USC, I thought, was like a year away from being good. They're already doing pretty well. They only have one loss. And so there's a couple other teams out there with the same resume. I mean, Ole Miss until this past weekend was undefeated as well. So it's been a lot of fun. So we're going to start things off with the 11 a.m. game on Saturday on Fox, and that was Ohio State playing Iowa. And I think we all knew how that, how that was going to go. I was a little bit concerned with Ohio State when Iowa got that defensive touchdown, like the fumble recovery for a touchdown. But that was the only touchdown they scored all game, of course. So Yeah. I mean, that offense is just so tough to watch. Like, it's it's actually, like, quite impressive that they are this bad on offense with that being said I do still have questions about Ohio State I don't really understand why some people in the national media are like saying that they are the runaway favorites for the national championship uh you know I think CJ Stroud is a really good quarterback but like for me like I, I really like looking at, like, uh, NFL mock drafts and whatnot. And a lot of them have C.J. Stroud as the best quarterback in the country. I, I'll i be honest. I, I don't really see that. Uh, I, I think Ohio State is definitely one of the more talented teams in the country. Don't get me wrong. Um, obviously, you look at the receiver talent that they have. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is ridiculous. Uh, Amika... Egbuka. Egbuka is really good. They don't even have Jackson Smith and in, Jigba in back yet. He had like eighteen hundred or sixteen hundred yards last year. He was year. a baller. I, don't even know what it I was. mean, he he's basically he single handedly like, yeah. beat up or beat uh, Utah in the Rose Bowl. Also, he put up like two eighty against Nebraska last yeah. year or something. And if we if Nebraska didn't have JoJo that day, he probably would have had over three hundred. Yeah, it would have been bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, they. What what you said on the script is exactly uh, it's the truth. They did what they were supposed to against Iowa. I don't really think any differently about Ohio State except that, you know, they have a lot of talent and I don't really think they're going to be tested until they play Michigan. If I'm if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I think it's going to be a lot similar to last year where they're not really going to have that true test because I mean Penn State, they're they're good, but they're not great. They might – Ohio State, I could see them struggling maybe in the first quarter. But then, uh, you know, 
It also depends on where that game is at. Is it at Penn State or? Is it, it is at Penn State. Okay, so Big that might be. Off. So that might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think Sean Clifford is just not that impressive to me. I think he's better this year than he's ever been. Oh yeah, but sure. It's like the year five or six of Sean Clifford. So, of course, he's going to have you know his best year. But yeah. I, I mean, you saw what they did against Michigan, Penn State. That is, and they didn't really do a whole lot. They only had one touchdown on offense. And I think it's going to be a lot of the same against Ohio State. I mean, I agree it could be a little bit of a trap, but I think Ohio State will pull away in the second half at least. And, you know, besides Ohio State and Michigan, no one in the Big Ten is legit this year. No. And Illinois is going to you know, continue to, you know, play out their schedule and maybe they'll get a chance to prove people wrong. Um, but they got to come through Nebraska. And then they got uh, Michigan as well coming up. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch for them. But the game that kind of made me upset was the Clemson-Syracuse game because I thought Syracuse outplayed Clemson for most of the game. And it just was like – I thought it was the call where Klubnik, who's the backup for Clemson at quarterback, he, mm-hmm. you know, he's in the game now because um, DJ – Yeah, was just not playing well at all. So Klubnik just runs out of bounds in like a third and long, and he isn't even getting it the first down, not even close. And – he gets bumped, and they call, you know, yeah. they throw the flag for late hit out of bounds. We've seen any possible flag for late hits have just – everyone is called. It's, it's it's crazy. Yeah. But then they throw Garrett Schrader out of bounds, and, you know, that could have easily been called a penalty. And this is a couple uh, drives later for Syracuse. In the fourth quarter, no flag. So I'm like, okay, I get that, you know, it's not a game-changing call, but, like – it kind of is at the same time. A little bit. I will say, though, Syracuse kept on shooting themselves in the foot because Clemson, they were trying to give that game to them. They had, what, four turnovers? Syracuse only had three points off of those turnovers. Like, well, at, at the end of the day, that's not good enough. And They had that fumble recovery for a touchdown. Right. Clemson was at, like, the two-yard yeah, yeah, line. So they had seven points. Yeah. Sorry, not, not three. My bad. Yeah, DJ just got stripped at, like, the five-yard line. Yeah. They took it all the way back. Yeah, but, like, every every other drive, it, it didn't matter. And um, you have one of the best running backs in the country in Sean Tucker. And he only ran the ball five times in what? the entire game. Five times for 54 yards. He averaged over 10 yards a carry. And he was in the entire game. I don't know what, what happened. They got pass happy, I guess. But, Dang. like, you would think that their coaching staff would know, we got to give this guy the ball at least, at least 15 times That's a game. upsetting. But, like, it, it is upsetting because he's really good. He's, like, a top – He's a top like five, top ten running back in college football. That's terrible. Yeah, not pleased with. The I'm not happy about that. Not pleased with the performance of their coaches for that one. I will say I I didn't think Syracuse was that legit this year. I thought they were a good team. I didn't think. I mean, I don't think they're playoff worthy. No, no, but they so, they're they're a tough team. Like yeah, I'm happy to see them lose because I didn't think that they were you know a 12 and 0 type team. I do think Clemson. Is going to fall at some point. Oh, I, I yeah. hope I hope they do, because th- that was the the worst game of DJ's season by far. Like he's actually had a pretty solid year, mm-hmm. all things considered. Like the Wake Forest game, they won't they don't win that game if he's not the quarterback. Like he won them that game, but 
they ju- they are clearly a level behind at least I would say six or seven teams in the nation. I'd agree um, with that. You know, they really but you know, it the power or the uh the playoff committee, they can't like they can't not give Clemson like they they can't not let them in if, if they go thirteen and zero yeah they're gonna be but they in. have to go thirteen and zero yeah okay so they got a bye week this weekend they go at Notre Dame who's down right now they go versus Louisville who's you don't know what you're gonna get with Louisville ever like, yeah that's true and they go versus Miami who's um, bad bad right now and then at home against South Carolina to finish the year which I think is always an interesting game but. South Carolina has been getting wrecked by Clemson for like a decade now, so I don't really expect them to lose another game, honestly, um, unless they have continued quarterback struggles. But we can move on. Uh, Bama beat Mississippi State 30-6. to I don't think this was a surprise. I thought it was funny that Mike Leach said, uh, if my guys see anyone wearing an Alabama jersey, it's over. They're not going to do anything. <laughs> I'm just like, did you see that? Yeah, I did. That was That was pretty funny. I mean... It's, he's not wrong in saying that, so uh, not a whole lot else there. But LSU beat Ole Miss forty-five to twenty. I didn't expect that really. I thought it was. I thought that'd be a close game. They're playing in Death Valley um, last weekend, but yeah, no. Ole Miss had a good first half, but then second half, I don't think they scored a single point. They may have had one field no, goal. No, they were up seventeen to three, and then LSU went on a forty-two to three scoring run. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought LSU was going to be a good team later down, you know, down the stretch of the season. I mean, they had a rough start to the year, but you know, I think they're six and two now. Yeah, they are, and now, now all of a sudden that Alabama LSU game in a week uh, looks a, that's exciting. A whole heck of a lot interesting, but that's not even the biggest game that day. So there's a there's game Tennessee, Tennessee Tennessee Georgia. Georgia. Oh, I saw that. Um, TCU beat Kansas State. So Adrian got hurt in like the first drive for Kansas State. There's a Didn't trend come about back. TCU playing, and I know you saw it. Wait, what's the trend? The ten, the trend of quarterbacks that play against oh, TCU. Okay, so their backup, Will Howard, number eighteen, he came in for Adrian, right? Mm-hmm. He was running. Uh, he's scrambling down the field for whatever reason, and I don't remember what TCU defender it was. But he came in and, like, he tackled Howard. But at the same time, dude, like, cocks back his arm. Boom. Like, punch to the chest or whatever. I was like, dang, they're just throwing haymakers as they tackle people right now. So, that I mean, I think they hurt Will Howard. They hurt uh, the quarterback for Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel. I think they hurt – who else? Two, or, two, two other guys. Spencer Sanders, right? Spencer Sanders. Oh, and then Jalen Daniels. Well, I guess Sanders was already – Hurt. He was hurt before the game. Yeah, that's true. Jalen Daniels, I don't think that was malicious. I think that just happened how it is. The, the worst is. one was the Dylan Gabriel one. That one was pretty Yeah. Good. But, I, I mean, know. Oklahoma wasn't winning that game. I didn't think Kansas State was better than TCU, really. No. So I was happy to see TCU win. I think they're a better team. I think Kansas State, besides, you know, maybe one or two receivers and Deuce Vaughn, they're not a whole lot. And I think Adrian's been a whole lot for them. I'm just saying with him injured, they should not have won that game. Does TCU play Texas? Do they play? Yeah, they still play later okay. in the year. That's going to be a good game. How about Oregon? They got killed in the first game. They haven't lost since. They beat UCLA. Dan Lanning, he's got something going. Good and coach. So Kansas State, this is the case with Adrian. It, sh- it proved that, you know, 
the grass can be greener if you go to a, a better place with the right culture, the right fit. Look at what happened with Joe Burrow at LSU, what is happening right now with Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. Bo Nix is a completely different quarterback for Oregon. Like, the guy had – he almost had more touchdown passes than incompletions on That's, Saturday. Oh. Like, he balled out. And, like, he was always one of those guys similar to Adrian where, like, you saw the talent at Auburn. You really did. Like, there were there would be plays – I remember he made a play against LSU scrambling. And it was like a, a improv play. And he threw it, uh, you know, running to his left. He's a right-handed thrower. Just an absolute dime, and it's like, dang, like this guy has talent, but you know, obviously he's at the uh, train wreck that is Auburn. So, you know, seeing Oregon and seeing Bo Nix play well, it it was pretty cool to see. I think it's a pretty great story. Whenever any of these guys that have to overcome adversity, um, you know, it it was pretty pretty great to see. A fascinating stat is UCLA didn't even punt in the game, and they still lost. Um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still a really good quarterback. I thought I thought UCLA, honestly, if they had gotten th- past this game, they would have been almost a lock to make it to the college football playoff because the rest of their schedule is incredibly easy, except for the USC game. Yeah. Did you see Bo Nix got – so there's no Chick-fil-A in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. But he got a whole truck, like a Chick-fil-A truck to come down That's this amazing. week. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, he was excited about it. I mean, he's a Bama boy. Yeah, that, that's all Chick- amazing. That's Chick-fil-A country. Yeah. Yeah. That, so. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in so long. I might get that today yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see just how the Pac-12 plays out. I don't know if they're going to play for the playoff. Probably not, but they're going to be in the Rose Bowl. They'll definitely be in the conversation if Oregon or if UCLA are both like 12-1. and one. What about USC, though? USC is going to lose another game. I, I can almost guarantee it. And they'll, have, uh, they'll show Caleb Williams crying afterwards, too. Again, damn! Um, uh, it's so funny to see the the salty Oklahoma fans. Oh yeah, every dude, time they, they're so they're like, so salty, they're like so petty. It's so funny to me. But, it's so yeah, uh, but uh, I feel who do we think is gonna win the Pac-12? You think? I think it's those are the two best teams, Oregon and UCLA. I think it's hands down. I think Utah. Oh, and Utah I think, lost to and UCLA. I think the yeah. environment of the Oregon. Autzen Stadium is one of the best. Like that's a a bucket list game for me. I know it's a lot smaller than a lot of the bigger schools, uh, but they are loud. They are energetic, and I don't know. Like the nostalgia college football fan in me likes seeing Oregon good. So I was pretty happy, and I mean it's gotta feel good to beat Chip Kelly too. Like yeah, that's that's pretty great. Like. As, as cool as it would have been to see like UCLA, someone new make the college football playoff. Not saying that they can't, but definitely some things got to work in their favor. Like like I said, Clemson has to lose a game. Uh, you got to hope that a few SEC teams lose multiple games. Um, yeah, we'll it's, it's going to be interesting. They got Utah at home on November 19th, and they go at Oregon State on Black Friday. Um Oregon State six and two. They're not anything special, but you know you can't overlook Oregon. Oregon State. It's always an, a fun game. And yeah. then Utah, 
can I think Utah could really beat anyone, but they also aren't like that's great. true. That's, that's true. how I feel about Utah. They're, I mean, Cameron so. Rising is a is a great quarterback. His only bad game for Utah was the UCLA game, and that's why I was like, man, UCLA like they they could be a legit college football playoff team because that was really the only game in uh, Cameron Rising's uh, career where he really struggled. Um, since he had been named the starter for Utah. Uh, so I, I was a little surprised that Oregon, like, beat them pretty handedly. I, I thought it was going to be, like, down to the wire, you know, last-minute drive. And it really wasn't that. By halfway through the fourth quarter, it was over because Oregon just held on to the ball, kept it away from uh, DTR, and, I mean, that's all you had to do. So My brother, he got a new truck on – Saturday, so we drove out to Omaha at like the two o'clock, and then we didn't even get back to Lincoln till like six because we went to go get Mexican food because we were in South Omaha. Of course. And so I missed a lot of football. I was able to watch it like the Oregon UCLA game on this old like 2005 TV quality mm-hmm. type of like the the big box. But yeah, I, I wasn't able to watch as much football as I wanted to. But I don't know I was hanging out with my brother, so I didn't really. Yeah. I didn't really mind, um, but. Okay, so hot take I got. We're moving on to, you know, Texas just lost to Oklahoma State 41-34. I've kind of always felt this way about Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Steve Sarkeesian. (laughs) So Texas and Oklahoma, as you may know, this got announced last week by the Big 12. They don't expect to, you know, go to the SEC until 2025. Mm. Um, I think partially because Oklahoma doesn't want to pay the buyout. And so they're going to be stuck in the Big 12 for two more full seasons, right? So I think that's hilarious because they got to play all these schools again and again. Then it's like the last time. Yeah. It's kind of awkward. Uh, I like it because Oklahoma State and Oklahoma can continue to play. Yeah. Yeah. But we could even talk about that at length, but I don't know. I think we kind of just feel the same way. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. So hot take, though. I don't think Sarkeesian lasts – by the time Texas goes to the SEC. I don't think he's going to last that long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough to say because Sarkeesian has recruited really well. But, I mean, they lose in the same way every single time. They are undisciplined. Quinn Ewers, that was his worst game. That That's probably going to be his worst game that he plays as a Longhorn because I do think he's a – He's a pretty good quarterback, quite frankly. But, man, I mean, they had 14 penalties for over 100 yards. Oklahoma State had zero. Zero penalties. That could be Big 12 refs, but also if it's 14 to zero, it's just but obviously like that, one it, team it is shows, better at that. Yeah. It shows you how undisciplined they are and the lack of attention to details. And, I th- like, I've always thought, Sarkeesian, I like this question that you're going to ask, uh, by the way. Uh, I've always thought Sarkeesian is... Uh, I think he's, he's better mid. than... He's mid. He's mid. He's above average at best. Yeah. Which... With what he's being paid... Like, when I saw Texas fire Tom Herman, I was like, really? Like, I thought he was fine. Like, it was a little surprising... But, like, also I knew, like, Texas, the standard's a little bit higher. So I was like, okay, they're going to, like, go for a huge swing higher right here. And then they got Sarkeesian. I'm like, is he really that much of an upgrade over Tom Herman? Right now it's proving no, he is not. 
He's basically the same coach. Maybe he's a slightly better recruiter, but in terms of development and like in-game like adjustments and whatnot, I haven't seen it yet. Now they, it's easy to say this because you look at their record. Now they have three losses. I f- f- am fully one hundred percent confident if Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card are were both fully healthy, they beat that Alabama team. Yeah, I'm they should have beat Bama. Fully confident in that. They should have been the first team to beat so, Bama. So, like, I'm, I, I, I just don't know how I feel about this Texas team yet. If they lose another game though before the year is over, then they might start. Like, I think questions are going to start to, uh, you know, get asked because also like, let's not forget Texas should have probably lost against Iowa State last week. Yeah, they got that was they kind got of their handed that game. They should have beat Bama, and so it kind of offset, and they got a win they probably shouldn't have had. Iowa State was wide open for basically a touchdown, and they dropped it in that game. And so, yeah, you know, Oklahoma State. I thought they were. I think Texas is more talented, better run game than Oklahoma State, but they couldn't close it out. Xavier Worthy was wide open downfield uh, when the game was tied, and Ewers missed him, and so that hurt them too. But I think I think Sarkeesian could be the guy long term for them. I just I'm not sure if he's going to be sustainable with the expectations there. And the Big 12's tough, man. It's going to continue to be tough the next two years. Big 12, is, top to bottom, it's a tough league. Yeah, and like it's not going to get any easier when you get to the SEC either. Like every team, I mean Tennessee's good now. Kentucky is a very solid program. You have like you have, I mean. You can't sleep I, on anybody say, except I'm for... I'm still going to say a and I'm still going to say... Yeah, you can't sleep on anyone in Except that for Vanderbilt and Missouri, because they're awful. Even Missouri, you, you can't sleep on. But Vanderbilt's pretty bad. They're pretty bad, but like I feel like in a few years... like They've won a few games this Vanderbilt year. could be respectable in a few years. With I think they have a good coach. Yeah, I, I like their coach. But like it's it's going to be... In, like He's got to keep that, that locker room bought in. And like he's kind of like... I hate to bring up like his past, but like he's kind of struggled keeping his team, you know, together. Um, you know, he's he's always had like all this hype around him, but back in Washington, back at USC, and I just I never saw it. So, yeah, know. I never saw it either. This is this is the debate here. Who's gonna last longer as head coach? Yeah, this is a Jimbo question. Fisher or Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Fisher is three and four this year at A and M. And his buyout, if he's fired, is like $98 million or something. We talked about this before, I think. Yeah. It's insane. So so I think this is what I think. They I, just lost to South Carolina 30-24, yeah. to 24, by the way. So th- they're more down bad than Texas is and right now. Spencer Rattler did not play well either. So like they, I really don't know what how they lost that game. If you lose to Spencer Rattler, you should fire somebody. Somebody needs to be fired. Well, oh, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> getting fired. And in all honesty, it should be the offensive coordinator. Even though Jimbo calls most of the plays, I think Jimbo is going to have to do what Frost was forced to do this past year and hire a experienced play caller and like let him take over because that offense is outdated. They have so much talent; it's ridiculous. They sh- they also should have beat Bama. Yeah, yeah. The, they, they were at the two yard line and they had one of the most. 
One of the dumbest play calls. Ever. You don't even throw it in the end zone. You throw it out of bounds. Like did they even throw? It, did they throw it to Evan Stewart? Because Bama had no answer for Evan Stewart. Even if he would have caught the ball, he would have been either out of bounds or short of the goal line. Well, it was terrible. Apparently, if you had just ran it, ran a play in I formation, Alabama would not have known what to do. Did you see that? Yeah, they wouldn't have known what to do if he did that. Yeah. Put a fullback in there, run the ball. By the way, okay, I'm gonna go on a rant on Bama and like two minutes but I'll, i'm gonna i'm going to uh, we didn't answer the question of who you think is gonna last longer yeah that's why i was gonna oh, yeah. answer um i'll give you my opinion after i you. think i think oh God, this is so tough that's why I, it's such a good question i think sarkeesian might last longer low-key yeah i agree only because I just I, I think Texas is still trending in the right direction. Like it's still year two. I honestly don't see any like either of the guys leaving for another at least two years. AM is sitting at three and four. I think they're willing to give Jimbo a few more years. I really do. They both may last like the exact same length of time. Yeah. Because they're kinda of on the same track. Um the, so A and M has Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU. I think that's you know, two wins in Auburn and UMass. There's a joke that they play UMass, but they play UMass and Sam Houston. What are they doing? Okay, so but they might not go to a bowl this year. LSU's looking good. Ole Miss had a bad week last week, but besides that, they've been stellar. And then Florida, you never know what you're going to get. They do get Florida at home. If you're A&M, you're hoping for 6-6 six and six right now. Yeah. In a season where you were top ten ranked to begin the year, and I said they would get they were gonna go seven and five, eight and four, by the way. But don't forget Desmond Howard had them as uh, the national champion, champion. runner up. Oh runner up. Yeah. He, so of course he picked Michigan. I think he had Pitt and A and M as the national championship game. He had Pitt, Baylor, this is not <laughs> Michigan, A and M. That was but, really dumb. Yeah, okay. I wanna go on my Alabama rant real quick. Go go off. They are a bunch of sore losers. Like the most uneducated um just i i was flabbergasted at how immature and how many excuses they had after they lost to tennessee that game was an amazing game and by the way i'm still salty i was going to go to that game like a month and a half ago i was telling daniel how pumped i was but then one of my friends he's in the navy and he had uh, some stuff he had to do that weekend. So I was a little upset that I could have gone to probably the best college football game the last, like, three years. But anyway, I digress. Alabama, what they have said in the last, like, week and a half, I've really lost a lot of respect for Nick Saban and that fan base. Like, how they've acted, you know, Saban talking about, you know, the officiating in that game. And, yeah, there, there was – the one call was pretty bad, uh, not calling roughing the passer on Bryce Young. But Alabama ended up scoring that drive. And then uh, there was a P.I. call that was called on Alabama in one of the last drives. That was questionable. That was yeah. questionable. But I would say this. They called a very questionable, uh, was it O.P.I.? Or no, it was uh, D.P.I. on uh, Tennessee in the third quarter that extended the Bama drive. And they ended up scoring that drive. So it goes both ways. And you also, like, it was very poor coaching to, you had the ball with a minute left, and you threw it three straight times. 
Why would you not run the ball with Jameer Gibbs, who Tennessee had no answers for, by the way, and make Tennessee waste their timeouts? Because then what happened was you made the mistake once again of relying on your kicker in a clutch game. And get shocker, it didn't work out. He missed it. He was clutch against Texas, though. He was. He was. (laughs) He was. But, you know, it's a little different with Tennessee fans are on a different level when they're good. Um, And then you give Tennessee the ball back with 15 seconds left. That's too much time for Hendon Hooker. Too much time. And in, in my opinion, that game, that, that, that was also probably one of the best quarterback battles. I think that game showed that Hendon Hooker and Bryce Young are the two best quarterbacks in the country. And that proved my point earlier. I don't think C.J. Stroud makes the plays that those two guys can make. I, re- I really don't. He hasn't been forced to no. really much in his career at all. So, no. And, and playing in those types of environments. He was in that environment against Michigan. It was snowing, so it's a little bit different. I mean, Bryce Young and Hendon Hooker throwing in the snow, I don't know. Good luck. But, um, yeah, besides the Utah game last year, really hasn't been in those positions. Also lost to Oregon last year, too, at home. But it's just – I'll say this. Bama doesn't know how to lose. No, they don't. Like, Because they're so used to winning. Like, They don't know how to lose on the field because they usually win on the field. And they don't know how to lose off the field because they're delusional. And they they have a right to be delusional because they've been the well, greatest yeah. dynasty we've ever seen in the last decade. So yeah. it, it just makes sense. that When they lose, they're like, this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can't handle it. Yeah. But, okay, we got to move on. So you saw Penn State. They just kind of dominated Minnesota. Uh, Thank God. I guess it was kind of close at half. It was like 17-7, I think. But, I mean, Tanner Morgan, the dinosaur quarterback for Minnesota, he got hurt. Um, Also got – he got like punched in the helmet against Illinois, knocked him out for I don't know how long. But um, Minnesota lost to Penn State 45-17. Kind of gives me hope that we could beat them here in two weeks uh, because we play Minnesota at home. But that – so that happened. Um, I have another hot take, but I don't know if we have time to get into it. Really? And I think, okay, what do you think about this? P.J. Fleck is not that much better than what Minnesota had before. Yeah, I mean. I think it's a slight improvement, but also, I mean, the way he just talked down about the former staff that came, that was before him at Minnesota was really, kind of reminded me of someone else that we know as head coach here oh, in Nebraska. Who? who? No, we're not going to say his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, not that much better than Jerry Kill slash Tracy Clays. They went 38 and 33 in six years. I mean, Jerry Kill didn't last that last year. It was Tracy Clays as the interim. But then, you know, PJ Flex 39 and 26 now, and this is year five for him. So, is that right? No, this is year six for him. That's kind of weird. Yeah, year six. So, um, I don't know if we want to dive into it too much because it's, I don't think it's worth arguing about. But I just didn't, I don't think he's that much better. I can, I can buy that. I, I think P.J. Fleck, he's fine. He he fits in the Big Ten. That's a that's the right job for him. I mean, I, I, I don't think Minnesota can be, like, any better than what he than what they are right now. Um, he's, like, I, I, I would agree. I, I think, I don't think that's a hot take uh, at all. I also thought, like, Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays, or however you say his last name, like, I thought they were decent coaches too. So like, they they're just uh they're an okay program. I I just don't like PJ Fleck. I don't really care. Yeah, no one really about, likes him. About PJ Fleck, 
I don't really care about Minnesota football. I care about Vikings football. And most of the people up there care more about Vikings football, by the way. Yeah, that's very true. Like, they don't – like, yeah, they – it'd be nice for Minnesota to be good. I'm sure the college kids like Minnesota football a lot more. That fan base is also kind of toxic as hell. They just have fun. Well, they they do not like – they treated uh, a lot of the Husker fans like like garbage when when I went. Uh, That's more of because they're more of an NFL fan base that just roots for their college team, so they don't understand how to act. That's true, but it's weird because then the Vikings game the next day, like I was with Andrew and Jack, who are both Eagles fans, and they were like super nice to to them. Like, Just because they're, they're like, scared of Eagles fans. Eagles well, no, fans they're, are like. Well, they're also like I think Vikings fans are just like. Yeah, I mean we're the Vikings. We 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 get our heart hearts broken every year, you know. It's like that kind of thing. Like, ah, oh, shucks, That's we true. lost again. We got Kirk Cousins at quarterback, but Kirk Cousins went off that game. Beat the Eagles. Made fun of Andrew for it. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah. So other football games that happened. Liberty blew out BYU, forty-one fourteen. Funny. Game. I mean, Liberty. This this is their last year as an independent. Same for BYU. They're both going. You know, BYU going to Big Twelve. Liberty going to Conference USA. So I didn't even notice that game happened until Sunday morning. I was looking at scores. I was like, oh dang, BYU is not really anything this year. And there were seems. people saying like, oh, they could go undefeated. No, I, I never really believed in BYU. Uh, Wisconsin. I thought just matchups wise, they were just a little bit better than Purdue, just because they're a really physical team. They're not super mm-hmm. talented at you know the skill positions besides Braylon Allen. But, yeah, Wisconsin looks like they're trending in the right direction. And Purdue was in a dogfight with Nebraska. And so I think they were just a little bit worn out coming into the Wisconsin game, especially on the road. So I expected Wisconsin to win. I know that was a bit of a surprise to some people. So now the Big Ten West is just completely wide open. And then Maryland is now 6-2. and two. you see that? Maryland's bowl eligible already? I did. I did see that. They got. They don't have uh, Talia at QB, but they got a win over Northwestern. Uh, got to talk about some of my other favorite teams. Wyoming uh, beat Utah State. So shout out to Wyoming out there in Laramie. Love you guys. And then uh, Tulane is seven and one. I love this. I thought Tulane was going to be like an eight and four type team just because they have so many good receivers. But they're yeah. already seven and one. They beat Memphis this weekend. Uh, this past weekend. So and then I you know SMU and my other team I like to root down there for in Dallas. Um, they lost to Cincinnati 27-29, which is, which is fair. I mean, Cincinnati's a little bit better, but um, hopefully SMU can get things going. they got a new quarterback they're rolling with in Preston Stone. So uh, don't know if there's a whole lot more to talk about with other uh, teams. I mean, Kansas lost to Baylor and you know another week where they're starting Jason Bean because Jalen Daniels is hurt. And then uh, Texas Tech. I thought Texas Tech-West Virginia was going to be a close game, but they're playing in Lubbock. West Virginia was in a dogfight against Baylor the week before. And, it, you know, you go out there to Lubbock, sometimes you don't really show up. So 48-10, to 10, they got killed by the Red Raiders, who are really trending in a good direction. I mean, um, looking at it, I think Texas Tech, they're not going to play for the top of the Big 12. But, you know, they might – I'm going to look at their record real quick. <clears throat> Texas Tech – they're four and three, and their one loss is to NC State. Well, they also lost to Kansas State, Oklahoma State. I don't think they're going to play for the top of the Big Twelve, but I like what they're doing, though. Yeah, I think that they're a respectable team. 
They still have TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma left on the schedule. I love that you added Wyoming, by the way. I love Wyoming, man. <laughs> anyway, okay, we'll move on. Uh, first off, we got to give a shout-out to Reactor Coffee here in Lincoln, Nebraska, 2124 Y Street. Go check them out. I uh, didn't have time to go get coffee there this morning. I was kind of rushing over here to Anderson Hall. But uh, love them. Go check them out. Um, so we can move on to the rest of this show. We're going to focus on Nebraska, Illinois coming up this weekend. Um, I wrote this stuff down like a week ago, but just things that Nebraska needs to improve upon to make a bowl, which is quite a few things because we're three lot. and four. Uh, I'm not even going to try to say O-line because that's just not going to happen. I, I mean, it would be both O-line and D-line, I would argue. Oh, yeah. No, it's both. Because our most healthy part of our defense is our D-line. And it doesn't matter because they're not doing anything. Yeah, I, I was going to say I can't tell. <laughs> like, There's no depth. That's that's the issue. And, I mean, that's going to be – that that's the issue with the, the biggest issue Nebraska has. They just don't have the talent or the depth that they had even, like, last year. And, like, that was probably the best depth they've had. And I wouldn't even say it was that great, like – if we're being honest, compared to the rest of the Big Ten. But it was the best that we had had under the Frost era. Um, Nebraska, there's a lot of things that needs to go in their favor. Um, they definitely need to, like you said right here, they need to use Anthony Grant more. But also, like, when you're when you're trailing, it makes it a lot harder. Uh, they need what, what, what needs to happen is they need to – give their playmakers the ball. And that's what they've been doing. Obviously, the first few weeks it was Anthony Grant. Now it's been the Trey Palmer show the last few weeks. And now he's leading the country in receiving, which is so weird and awesome at the same time. Uh, Casey just kind of throws YOLO bombs, yeah. which I kind of like, low-key. Like, he's I, – like, I, I can't get mad at him because, like, he's – Giving his all for the team, uh, and you can tell. Obviously, he missed a few throws. The Elante Brown missed throw was was tough to watch because he was wide open. But you know, when you get hit thirty times a game because of O line issues and whatnot, you're you're gonna miss some of those easy throws, those layups. I also think that the scheme maybe could be a little bit better because, you know, if you have a, a bad O-line, why would you have Casey drop back five, six yards and have all these deep, developing, long routes when you know the O-line struggles to hold any blocks? So I don't – like sometimes I feel like coaches try like are so adamant on having their scheme be – the scheme when sometimes you just got to play to your strengths. And I think getting Casey Thompson outside of the pocket more, maybe doing some bootlegs, doing some more screen passes to get those guys out in space might be better. I'm not a coach though, so I don't know. Yeah. Mark Whipple's a pretty good offensive coordinator, I still believe. Sometimes I think he gets a little cute, like, you know, throwing the ball th three straight times, you know, in the red zone, but. In the end, the offense is not the issue. I'm not too worried about it. The defense, I mean, yeah, have they improved a little bit with Bill Bush? Yes, I think it's because he's simplified things. But, like, 
they're just not very good. Like, w- w- let's just be honest. They're just not very good. And so they're, they're kind of behind the eight ball. I mean, and I think we've said this before, like Mickey Joseph, he has an extremely tough job because, one, he has to keep the players bought in. I think he's done that. But also, it's just not a very talented team this year. I think we all knew that they were going to take a step back. I didn't think we thought they would take this much of a step back. But, like, they – the schedule was a little bit easier. So a I lot a bit lot, easier. If we had Mickey Joseph as head coach to start the year, I think we'd be at five wins. But, I mean, that's not saying a lot because our schedule is pretty easy. And then, on top of that, it's like I think we – I think we are talented this year. At like you know the athletic spots on the field, but the with the the strength guys on the lines, it's the talent's not there on the O line. The talent is not there on the D line. Our edge rushers, we were so si- excited about this year: Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, and uh, don't even get me started. O'Shawn Mathis. Okay, O'Shawn I think is a good pass rusher in the he's, Big Twelve. But these fine. Big Ten offensive tackles are all massive. He's well, he's not the, big enough. The issue is is like. I think he's a guy that he should not be on the field every single play. He's a guy that should be on the on the field like maybe first and third down. Like 60% of the time. Yes. He should not be a 85-90% guy yeah. and he is. That's that's not him. Did you see at the Purdue game where he's made a few plays like when he's like I don't know. I I think he's fine. I like O'Shawn. He's a solid player. And I Especially like when he make when he does make a play, he doesn't dance around like an idiot, like some other players. I think Caleb Tanner is decent. I mean, he's he's an undersized edge rusher. He's probably like two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah. And he's going up against Big Ten guys who are like three zero, whatever. And so I think he's solid. I'm I'm not complaining about him. Who I will complain about though? Did you see against Purdue, Aiden O'Connell dropped back to pass, and Garrett Nelson literally ran a full circle around the line, could not get to him. That doesn't surprise me. And I'm like, what are you I, it, it, doing? Actually, it, it hurts me to to see that. Like I'm like, oh man, like we're all rooting for you, man. Like come on. I thought it was it's so, so funny. Fr- it's so frustrating, but. I mean, the question, does Nebraska make a bowl? These next five games are tough, man. Illinois, that's going to be a tough game. I'm a little surprised that they're only five-point favorites against Nebraska right now. Uh, Minnesota, I still think that's going to be a tough game because they're going to play. They're going to take advantage of Nebraska's lack of depth, by the way. They're going to have the ball over 30 minutes. I can almost guarantee that. And then Michigan, I mean... I do not look forward to that. Our easiest game is the Iowa game on the road, and, and they're going to be better game. than they've been all year because they're going to have – it's going to be their last home game, their last regular season game. They're going to play Iowa and like, it might be their last game yeah, with Brian Ferentz. They're going to play like – they could be terrible again, but their defense is going to be good. So the most winnable games I see are Minnesota and Iowa. Um, Illinois, you know, you know who they remind me of? They remind me of Nebraska in 2016. You know how Nebraska started like 8-0 that year? Oh, yeah. And Nebraska wasn't a – I mean, we were a decent team that year. Yeah. We weren't a – I mean, we were not anything close to like good or great, I don't think. We just had an easier schedule. So I feel like Illinois isn't quite yet proven. I do have some news. Sorry, I I hate to – I was pretty much done talking about Illinois. So So the Big Ten is going to keep divisions in 2023 before reconfiguring when USC and UCLA arrive in 2024. I figure they do that. 
You you did? I, I thought that because I know they got rid of the schedule for 2023. Okay, but I, I, I just wanted to let you know, update. Oh you yeah, I, I figured like why not just keep divisions one more year and then yeah. go big time, whatever. I mean, I mean, yeah. Speaking of divisions, the Big Ten West just isn't. Please blow it up, blow it up. Yeah, it's just not good. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be real. The Big Ten is just also, it's probably. I could make the argument. It's the. I mean, it's definitely the third most competitive uh, conference. You could make the argument it's the fourth most uh, competitive conference this year. Because I think the Pac-12 is probably a little bit more competitive. You, I think you got top UCLA to bottom, like oh competitive. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not because it's Michigan, UCLA, Ohio State, that's Oregon, U, uh, USC, Utah, Utah, Washington is not Oregon bad. State. Oregon State, State's not bad. Like they got some legit teams. The Big Twelve is just a bloodbath. Yeah, good I mean, luck. Kansas is out here taking people. <laughs> like, Kansas is not bad. Iowa State is not bad, and they're the two worst teams in the conference. Yeah. And we saw what one of the worst teams in the conference, Oklahoma, did to Nebraska. Uh, and then, obviously, the SEC is the SEC. Uh, they're they're really good, per usual. So, so, if I'm, you know, this may even sound optimistic in itself, I think Nebraska going five and seven, finishing what would it be four and four with Mickey Joseph? Is that right? Or four and three? Or no, if you count Oklahoma, it'd be four and five, right? Anyway, uh, if Nebraska were to beat Minnesota and Iowa, you know what? That'd be decent because Illinois is having the best year forever. Wisconsin's gonna run all over us. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. And Michigan, we're it's Michigan. We're gonna lose that game. So if we were to go five and seven, I think I'd be all right with that. I would yeah. like to go to a bowl, but five and seven would be nice with where we are at, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I'd love to get a sixth win somehow, but I don't. I mean, that'd be like freaking amazing. I don't think that's gonna happen though. But I mean, okay. What before we're done with the show? What do you think is gonna happen with Nebraska Illinois? I think it's going to be a similar game to what we saw against Purdue in that... Gosh dang it. I was going to oh say God, the I, same I literally, I literally just thing. saw what you said. I'm, I'm saying so we are sorry. just agreeing on everything today. I'm we so can't sorry. even... I'm yeah. just trying to go first take on you real quick. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. No, no, nah, you're good. I think... I mean, they're going <laughs> to give the ball to their playmakers. Nebraska is. But I think they're going to struggle. Not so much in the passing with uh, Illinois because they don't have Aiden O'Connell, who is a legit quarterback. But they're going to struggle with Chase Brown. They're really going to struggle with him because he's a good running back, too. So, you know, Nebraska, they're going to have to get off to a fast start because if you fall behind against Illinois, if it's like 21-7 to in the second quarter, it's I I really hate to say it, but I think it's pretty much locked up that it's over because Illinois can run the ball and waste time. And Brett Bielema knows how to do that. So, you know, I, I think what's key to Nebraska is get off to a fast start, maybe force a turnover or two. Um, and I think if it's like a 14-14 or 21-17 like 17 game in the second half, that is a win for Nebraska. Huge because, win. Because then the crowd's involved. The, the crowd's involved. So, yeah. And it's a 2-30 game, which is perfect. 2-30 ABC. What a throwback. We don't really get – I mean, the Big Ten's going full on Fox Sports, CBS, and – Think one other network NBC. in 2025 yeah or i think that's when they're starting it maybe it's sooner so we're not going to see a whole lot of nebraska on abc anymore 
uh, in the future. It's kind of going to be rare. And so and it, it's such a throwback because we're in the Big 12. All of our big games are on ABC, all that. So I think, you know, I agree with you. It's going to be similar to Purdue. The offense hopefully is in striking distance to tie the game in the fourth quarter. And we're going to have to rely on our below average defensive line getting a run stop and, you know, forcing a punt and, you know, our offense having a chance to tie the game or take the lead late, which they didn't get to do against Purdue. So that's the best case scenario. I'm going to give my prediction. I think Nebraska wins in overtime. Uh, Brody Belt catches a two-point conversion. I love uh, it. To win thirty nine thirty eight, and you know what? It's overly optimistic, but that's what we do here. So, and you probably think we're gonna lose. I wrote at ten eleven last night where I worked the final score: Illinois thirty three, Nebraska twenty one. Um, really? That's just where I'm at right now. I do think that it will be. It, it will probably be a closer game than that, and it will depend on if Casey can limit the mistakes and not die. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> if he could not get pressured like twenty five times this time, that'd be great. But you know, I know that's wistful thinking. It is. All right. Well, hopefully we can get Anthony Grant going too. It's been a while since he's popped off, so that's Run it. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball from Sam Alessandro and myself. And uh yeah, thanks for listening, guys.